And so I have often found myself thinking about things differently and really needing to make sure that I take the time to share what I'm thinking and why. And so not just sort of sit there, assume the room gets it, but really have that conversation, explain what I'm thinking, why I'm thinking about it. And I've been fortunate to have a lot of people receptive to that and sort of you're known to be different, whether one just by sitting in the room and standing out as maybe one of the few women, um, or two by reputation and knowing you're from a non-traditional background wherever you go. People might give you a little bit more of an ear because they know you might be coming from a new perspective. Welcome to How Women Inspire, where women lead, invest, and give. I'm your host, Julie Castro-Abrams, founder and CEO of How Women Lead and managing partner of the venture firm How Women Invest, feminist, social justice warrior, mother, friend of 50,000 plus badass women, and an expert at helping top executive women get on boards and break down barriers for women entrepreneurs, investors, and social impact activists. In this podcast, we interview women influencers and leaders from across the globe who are in the C-suite, founding companies, investing, and agents of change. We'll share stories of how women lead. We'll provide insights and data, tips you can put into action, and get to know the women who have fiercely and unabashedly stepped into their power in leadership and open doors for other women like you. We discuss topics ranging from the journey of getting a board seat how we can counter cultural frameworks that change the way the world views women leaders, what we're doing to close the gender funding gap, and driving equity for women in all aspects of life and career. My goal is that after every episode, you walk away feeling inspired, unstoppable, ready to level up and step into your power and influence. I want to break down the cultural narratives that hold us back collectively and those messy messages you heard that are taking up way too much of your brain space. I want you to know you're invited in because I know that together we can change the culture, change opportunities, and create the future we want for our daughters and sisters and friends. This is our time. Are you in? Welcome to How Women Inspire. Our guest today is Kristen Shapiro, who's the kind of person you want with you in the midst of a crisis, whether that is navigating the events of January 6th, which she did as a senior executive in the FBI, or accidentally delivering your baby at home, which is how she brought her youngest daughter into the world. It turns out that makes her only 1% of American parents. Scares the bejesus out of me, God tell you, Kristen. And likely the only FBI senior executive to have had that experience. I believe that for sure. As you can imagine, Kristen excels at bringing organizations from chaos to organization because of those experiences. Kristen also thrives in environments where she can bring her outsider view to rethink how things have always been done. Having unintentionally found herself in positions across her life where she's been the outsider from electing to attend Boston College as a Yankees fan. Oh, dear. How did that go with your family? To being a new female civilian hire to naval intelligence post 9-11 and then getting her MBA as a government employee and often being the only non-agent female executive in the room at the FBI. 
Kristen has run toward these challenges and relishes bringing her unique experience to otherwise tried and true institutions like Red Sox Nation. Now in yet another outsider position, Kristen is bringing her expertise as a federal executive and national security expert to GuideHouse. This is a consulting firm solving complex challenges of federal clients and having direct mission impact. Oh my goodness, you are one of the most fascinating people I think I've ever spoken with, Kristen. How fun to get to spend time with you today. I'm really excited about leaning into this conversation. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Julie. I am so excited. It's always humbling to hear your bio read by someone else, especially with such enthusiasm for my background and experiences. And I am really looking forward to chatting with you today as well. There's no doubt in my mind, no other FBI agents deliver their own babies. I'm just saying. Okay, before we get into some of the other juicy bits of your career, I'd love to hear like, what's your favorite song that you listen to on the tough days or the good days? So my joke when I was in prenatal yoga was that my theme was going to be TLC Push It. So that was probably maybe I over-indexed on that for my at-home birth experience. <laughs> oh, believe me, that's, you deserve it. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. We did some of that rap in my life. Mostly in crisis situations, there's this song called Let It Be by James Bay. I just went back through my phone to make sure I had the right name, but it just brings me this sense of calm because I think when you're in the midst of really stressful situations, letting it go, letting it be, and just sort of living in that present and knowing you've done all that you can do, that's really what that song kind of does for me. And so I was listening to it today feeling just like this sense of calm. Two opposite ends of the spectrum for music songs, but that's what I got. That's very fun. Well, we are we are all complex in those ways. So I think those are perfect examples of you and your diversity of perspective and experience, which is one of your biggest superpowers, right? Okay, so you've been at the front of so many crises and been a really deep expertise in crisis management. Do you think women are better leaders during crises? I'm going to go out on a controversial limb and say yes. But don't worry, I have some reasons to back it up. One of the first reasons I think is our natural sense of empathy. And there's actually a Harvard Business Review that talked about how during COVID, women were better leaders and led their organizations to higher performance throughout the pandemic because of that inherent empathy. And so when you're in the midst of crisis and chaos, people are feeling a lot of different things. So in the FBI, a lot through terrorist incidents, high stress, high stakes, so a sense of wanting to make sure that no further attacks are happening, um, but also led COVID led through the longest government shutdown in history where people who are single parents are now not getting paychecks and worrying about how to feed their families. And so in those really sort of heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching moments, whether it's a no-kidding mission on the line or leading people through an incredibly stressful time, that empathy, that leaning in, understanding what people are going through, I think is very unique to how we're wired as women. And I think such a key, key driver there. Another key reason, I think, is we are used to having to check our egos at the door. There's not a lot of place and time for ego in the midst of a crisis. You really got to throw all the ideas, throw all the spaghetti at the wall, see what's going to work. There's no time to sit there and take credit necessarily. You just got to get it done. We are often used to being the person who's in a conference room or meeting where you have an idea. Nobody responds to it. Five minutes later, your male colleague says the same thing. It's mind blowing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Wow. I never would have thought about that. And so through those lived experiences, I think we really get to that point of 
hey, there is no ego here. Like we are all here to get the job done. Let's figure it out. And then my last point, which I think is also more of a socialized or maybe anti-socialized behavior is we're used to having to check our emotions at the door. You have this, you know, image of the frail woman with the fainting couch from the 1800s, whatever that might be. I've never met that woman. Like we have to live against that stereotype. And so we can't be emotional at work. If we show emotion, it's instantly held against us. Whereas if a male colleague might show that same emotion, it's like, oh, he's having a moment. It's okay. When you're in the midst of crisis, there's no time for emotion. You got to check that at the door. You got to compartmentalize. You got to really keep it moving forward. And so our ability to check our own emotion in those situations, not make it about us, make it about the other folks, which is a little bit of that empathy in the beginning. That's what I think makes us really uniquely suited as women to lead through these situations. Yeah. Well, I agree with you 100%. I've never heard anyone put it exactly that way. And I can only imagine you're the only woman in the room, I would guess, most of your career. I would love to hear sort of, did you have moments where you're like, wait, like my diverse perspective in this moment saved the day or really helped get to a better decision? I'd love to hear from you. What? what yeah. One of the best compliments I got, which I don't think was intended as a compliment, was people just don't <laughs> think of you. But you know what? From, from How the great voice, is that? <laughs> right, right. It's so strange. But I took that as such a great compliment. And it really helped me reinforce people don't think like me. People haven't had the same background experience. They're not just wired the way I am. And so I might look at a problem or a situation and look at it from a different angle than other people. And I'm thinking, well, everyone else in the room surely is approaching it from this perspective. And I found time and time again across my career, people weren't thinking about that, whether it was the downstream effects of a decision we might be making on the people who would be impacted by it. Whether bringing that NBA perspective into a law enforcement organization and really looking at things through the lens of money and finding out even on the operational side, hey, once you start going through the budget line that everyone skipped over, because who cares about that? That's for the, you know, nerds. That's where you might be able to find some interesting details about what we're doing that might be overlooked. And so I have often found myself thinking about things differently and really needing to make sure that I take the time to share what I'm thinking and why. And so not just sort of sit there, assume the room gets it, but really have that conversation, explain what I'm thinking, why I'm thinking about it. And I've been fortunate to have a lot of people receptive to that and sort of you're known to be different, whether one just by sitting in the room and standing out as maybe one of the few women, um, or two by reputation and knowing you're from a non-traditional background wherever you go. People might give you a little bit more of an ear because they know you might be coming from a new perspective. So you really sort of, you have a calm inside yourself because you kind of know that's where it's coming from. And other people know that about you. I could imagine like having stress walking into those situations, knowing I'm going to be sort of the divergent voice, but we know group think is super dangerous. And if you're talking about, I mean, some of the situations you've been in, thank God you had a diverse voice. It makes everybody up game and makes everybody have a better get to better decisions. Have you seen other people sort of prepare differently because they know you're going to be in the room? I think it's it's always funny. I was known for asking specific questions in a recurring meeting. And there is one person, and it was a woman, who was the only person who ever came back to that monthly meeting anticipating the questions I would have, having answers for them and being prepared. The other individuals who might have been there more frequently than not 
would still be sort of surprised by the same questions. And so it was interesting to see there are some people who see it and latch on to it. And there are other people who don't get it necessarily. But it's rewarding when you see other people you've been able to help sort of mentor and grow and maybe think a different way like you do and give them the space to think outside of the box. So you're making it safe for other people with divergent views to show up fully as themselves. So I think about, uh, we just did a session this morning about authentic leadership. How do you see that? And how do you reinforce that with other people? How do you make sure that that is celebrated? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the challenges I often see is it feels like when it comes to leadership, people approach it formulaically or scientifically. I've read this leadership book by X leader, therefore I will do Y because that's exactly what that person did. And like, it's a roadmap that you have to do exactly what was laid out. And it just falls flat. We've all worked for or with people who you know are following a formula that's not true to who they are. And so for me, I was very much cognizant of that at a really early stage in my career of, hey, look, that's not for me. I'm a more feminine, girly person who is walking into very male-dominated institutions. But I am not sort of the power suit, let me hide the femininity leader. I'm, hey, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. I joke with my mom that she told me there were two ways to handle every situation. As the angry New Yorker, which is you could get up into people's faces, or the dumb blonde, which was to be like, oh, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand. Can you explain that to me? And so that really gave me this perspective of there are stereotypes out there. You can lean into those stereotypes about you when it could actually be to your advantage. But really figure out how people are going to see you, figure out what you want them to see about you and see where you can align those. And when they might be out of sync, how can you exploit those differences for your benefit? Make them not realize what's coming their way. All right. Well, anybody, I'm sorry, but I'm not buying it. Anyone who's ever met you, there's no dumb blonde, any energy coming off of you like at the FBI, but all right. Sounds like you know how to manage situations to your best for you. So let's talk a little bit more about what is happening for you today in terms of your own leadership pivot. You you got through a bunch of big changes and entered new spaces frequently, but you're in a brand new sort of space. And you actually also just went through this visible impact rebranding program. I'd love to hear how you're thinking about sort of how you want to show up at this stage and and what, what are you choosing to sort of own as part of that story? Yeah. I mean, so the personal branding journey was and remains a journey that I'm on. But as I transitioned out of federal service, and really to your point, as I've made a lot of those other transitions, it's sort of instant imposter syndrome, right? Like I knew how to do this thing. I navigated this thing. I crushed this thing. Oh my gosh, now I'm doing something totally different. What is that going to be like? Who will I be? And so I came into this world of consulting and private sector and then finding people sort of asking me, what is your personal brand? And it's not something I ever really thought about before. Amazing opportunities to provide thought leadership, but really leaning into the idea of I am an expert in X, it feels uncomfortable. It feels like back to that sort of we're taught to check our ego out the door, like it feels a little bit too egoistic. And so I found myself really in the beginning of my personal branding journey and my journey here, qualifying everything. I did this thing, but I wasn't a special agent. I did this, but I was a civilian with naval intelligence. And so through the personal branding experience and being surrounded by these amazing women, 
everyone helps call you out on it, right? Like, why are you giving that a butt? Like, none of us here in the FBI. And you find yourself falling into this comparative trap. Well, this person, I think, is an amazing expert. I could never be as great as they are. But I had to remember that whole, hey, you have a unique point of view. You have something different to say. Make sure you're saying that and lean into it. And so I just had a really interesting conversation with my team where they were saying, hey, we really like seeing your LinkedIn. It's got interesting content. And that just really made me feel so pumped to be able to be talking to you and and really think through how this journey helped me figure out how do I get my voice on LinkedIn? How do I feel comfortable writing pieces on different unique perspectives I have from my background? Who am I as a leader, as a person, as an employee, as a mother, as a friend? So it's been it's been a crazy journey. I am nowhere close to the finish of the journey at all, but was so grateful to be given some practical tools, but then most importantly, the camaraderie of a bunch of peer women who are just all about building one another up and who come from totally different backgrounds. So what you do sounds cool to everybody else because no one else has done that before. Well, and and obviously, I love that you're really acknowledging this thread of like your unique perspective and positioning is really important and is such a big value add. And I think so much of our lives, we're comparing ourselves to other people or we want to fit in. And I think that's for so many of us, myself included, you know, I remember the day my uh, this happened to me so many times in my life, but I'll never forget this one day. My daughter was 11 and she's like, mommy, you're not like the other mothers. And I'm like, well, I know. <laughs> like, and most of the time I'm not like anybody else in the room. Right. And sometimes it's much more obvious than other times. It sounds to me like you're still wrestling with that, but you're really kind of leaning into that. And what permission it gives everybody else listening here to really reflect on themselves and the value and power of you being yourself authentically, but also other people think you're so freaking cool, Kristen. I was so excited to talk to you. We all think we're not as cool as other people think we are. So we've been talking about a number of different ways where you come into crisis and help somebody right size it. You're the rational voice. You help people problem solve. Your unique perspective is so powerful in those moments. Where are you going with this powerful perspective and skill set that you've got? What's next? Yeah. I mean, it's a great question. What's next for me is still learning and growing in this space, right? I've been given this really tremendous opportunity working with Guidehouse and as a consultant to really continue to help mission-based organizations, really help those who might be in a crisis situation even beyond your traditional government agencies. Think through communication. I think that's also really important during crises as well. And so my goal is, how do I take that breadth of experience I have from leading during those crises in the FBI, take those out across other mission-based organizations, whether in the public sector, whether NGOs, smaller groups, and then how do I also think through crisis as a broader concept beyond the traditional way I've been thinking about it in terms of federal agencies, terrorist crisis. And I really have my group of peers from our personal branding group to say, hey, listen, crisis is experienced by everyone. Like it's not just owned by the federal government. So if you think that's something you thrive in and enjoy, then yeah, think more broadly. So I would love to be able to take some of that calm, rational sort of here's the tools, here's how you train, here's how you exercise, here's how you communicate and spread that across the board because we should all be able to manage in a crisis without breaking down. And I think it can be super overwhelming to people who are in that Yeah, situation. but that's like a serious muscle to build. And you, it's easy enough to 
hear that, to actually live it and be able to handle it. Not everyone can get there very quickly. It can take people a long time. That's why we need you on our board, right? So are you, is that part of what you're doing today or your journey is going on and helping other leaders manage through the inevitable ups and downs of like business cycles and really serious crises? It's definitely something I would love to be able to grow into. So still, you know, finding my voice, finding that space there, but definitely something I would love to be able to help other people think through from the benefit of the experience I've had from the unique perspective I bring just in terms of that calm sense. So yeah, I would love, would love that opportunity and definitely looking for any moments we can find where I can really help share the benefit of that knowledge. Nice. So if you, this audience is all leaning in, I know they are. I mean, my goodness, to get the wisdom from someone with your background is just stunning. If you had some advice or wisdom that you can give to the the women listening to this and men listening to this podcast, what would it be? My number one piece of advice first would be don't assume anybody else in the room either knows what you're thinking or B, doesn't have the same question that you have. So I think we often write ourselves off from the get-go. We don't put the idea out there. We don't ask the question that we have because we're worried it seems too obvious. Or if I ask the question, it seems like, I don't know what I'm talking about. But very frequently, we are the only person thinking through that. And there's so much power in either sharing that idea or asking that question. And if you ask that question, it may cascade to a bunch of other topics or areas people haven't thought about. So I really want to encourage people to not be afraid, even though it feels scary in the moment to really put yourself out there. Awesome. You heard it here, everyone. Did you, is is there any moment you can pick on and say like, this was the big aha moment? I'm sure you've had many of those moments where you're like, wait, this is a whole moment to, to reconsider, pivot, reset. Yeah. One of my really great aha moments, which taught me a couple things was in the FBI, being a senior executive, being a female, not being an agent. One of, I would say, the agentiest agents who was over a very important operational program said to me, you've earned your seat at the table like everybody else. So you share your thoughts, you share your opinion, you don't be afraid to share that with us. And it was just such an amazing opportunity to have this person who otherwise might have seemed gruff and you know dismissive of what I had to say really offering me that hand and really giving me that power and that confidence. And so it taught me both one, people would respect me, even the people I might have assumed at first glance wouldn't. But then two also reminded me of the importance of reaching out that hand and saying that and making sure that people around you know that they do have that space, they do have that voice. And so I think that was before we had the term allyship really being universally spread across. But to me, that was an initial stage of allyship that I've carried with me too to make sure I vocalize to people around me. They have an important space. They should share their voice and their opinion and create the place to ask the questions and then listen to the answers. I love that. Who is someone in your life who has inspired you? Well, so I am, I have an obvious answer, which is Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I am wearing my little RBG earrings. One of the things that I think really stands out for me with her is she said, you can have it all, but not at once. And that is incredibly important, I think, to for all of us to keep in mind and keep ourselves in check that you can have it all, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen at once. And I've had some amazing 
mentors across my career who have really helped show me what that looks like, what, you know, the concept of balance and stealing some other splendor, but there is no such thing as balance. No one can ever be perfectly balanced. So give yourself the space and the grace to understand you sure can have it all, but man, you're going to be failing on one front or the other at any moment in time in your brain. And what looks like failure to you is not going to look like failure to anybody else. I love that you just said that. When I th- well, first, what I thought about when you said that is like, well, she lived a long time. Uh, <laughs> you know, really, really. And, and I, then I think about for myself, you know, I, I look at my daughter and her friends' experiences with so much grace, you know, and I, I mean, like, oh my God, they were only 27, 30. But when I was 27 or 30, I thought I should have it all figured out the pressure and the stress we put on ourselves. But if we could just step back and think, how would Ruth Bader Ginsburg respond to you right now? She would give us so much grace and hold the bar high. But thank you so much for reminding us about that. And just, I'm going to keep hold that image, Kristen, in my mind. So thank you for sharing that. I'm really bummed because we're almost out of time. But if other people you know, want more, Kristen, how can they find you? LinkedIn? Yes. LinkedIn's getting good. Yeah, LinkedIn. So, you know, again, having come from a background in national security, I was very reluctant for social media. So uh, still enough. But yes, LinkedIn is a great first place to find me. I'm Kristen K. Shapiro on LinkedIn. So please do find me. I would love to hear your thoughts on what we talked about today. Any experiences folks may have, any questions they have. And certainly, if anyone is in a crisis-based situation, definitely more than happy to really help you think through what's going on and how we could take a calm, measured approach to what's happening. Oh my goodness. Well, I honestly, like talking to you, I'm like, okay, the next time I like in one of those moments and I got to get through the weeds of discernment and go fast, you are clearly the one to have by my side or anyone's side in those moments. Thank you so much for being with us today. I love that you pulled out and commented on our credo, be fierce advocates for each other say yes to making introductions, reinforce her voice when she speaks up and isn't heard and the guy takes credit. And thank you for being unabashedly visible, for showing up today as your full self. My goodness, are we so lucky to have an example like you in leadership and my respect for you. When I heard you had a baby by yourself, the FBI sounds cool, but having a baby by yourself, like, I don't know, like, that's it. Kristen. (laughs) So having a wonderful day, everyone. And thank you so much, Kristen, for sharing your amazing experience with us. Thank you so much, Julie. Have a great day. And with that, I want to thank you all for listening to today's episode of How Women Inspire. And because your inspiration should not stop when this podcast ends, head over to our website, howwomenlead.com. Follow us on LinkedIn at How Women Lead and subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app to find out how you can proactively take charge and step into your power through our workshops and activism in our loving network. We want to propel you. See you next time, ladies. And remember to be unabashedly visible.